Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And now, are you effing kidding me with JoJo from Juries? I just want to share... Something personal for a minute. Um, I often share some personal reflections on my Substack, which is also called "Are You Ahead Kidding Me?" But um, I don't often do it um, before one of my podcast episodes. But today's different. Today, I want to share something very personal. Um, I I was really struggling in 2019 and 2020. Um, I was going through very bitter separation with my now ex-husband. My kids were trying really hard to adjust to their new life with their parents not together. Um, For a brief moment in time, the house went up for sale because there wasn't really any way that I could possibly conceive of keeping it. Um, My brother died in January of 2020, so my kids lost their uncle. And then right as we locked down for COVID, our family dog, Otis, who was 12, was diagnosed with cancer and they couldn't do anything about it except just make him comfortable. And um, we got about a week and a half with him before he left us, which was also very traumatizing. Um, on top of all of that, my daughter, who was eight, seven at the time, <clears throat> was being bullied and she was really struggling with her sense of self-worth, both the kids really struggling. My son said that it felt like everything he ever loved was being taken from him. And I was having a hard time, really hard time. Um, Of course, that was all during COVID as well. The peak of COVID, COVID's not over. (laughs) And I would share some of my daughter's drawings on Twitter, as I still call it. And this one name kept popping up and liking these, these drawings that my daughter did. And I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. Henry Winkler likes my daughter's drawings. And wow, Henry Winkler follows me. And I, I was a huge, huge, huge Happy Days fan. I love the Fonz. And I, I, Henry Winkler feels like America's like grandpa, you know? And he just was very kind and liking Abby's drawings. And then I don't know how it started, but he maybe just said hello in the DMs and was just kind and asked how the kids were doing, how I was doing. And I was very honest with him. I'd never met Henry Winkler. I've still never met Henry Winkler, but I was very honest with him because I didn't know what the utility was in, in lying you know, to this perfect stranger who I grew up watching on TV. So I, I told him everything. I told him all of it. I was really in a bad way, and I was really worried about my kids, and they're everything to me. And he was so generous. He sent this huge package. He asked what they liked. My son was collecting Funko Pops. He sent his own Funko Pop signed. He sent the children's books he's written. He sent CDs, um, you know, pictures, posters. And he took time to talk to them on the phone. And it was the, the coolest thing ever. They felt 
so special. And they knew that this person out there, this famous person took time out of his very busy life to make sure that they felt taken care of, that they felt seen. And I will forever be eternally grateful for that because it was one of those things that helped me heal in many ways too. And me healing was important for them to heal. Um, but I also, I just think that's who Henry Winkler is. <laughs> and he's written a book that is incredible. And it's called Being Henry, The Fonz and Beyond. And I read it as fast as I've ever read anything. <clears throat> but I also listened to, to the audio recording while I read much of it, which I highly recommend. <clears throat> One or the other or both, whatever you like. The thing about it, we talk about this a lot on this, this podcast, is that the Henry who was kind enough and generous and of spirit enough to come and say hello and how are you to me, a stranger, how are your kids, he's in the pages of this book because that's who he is as a human being. He's a truly generous, selfless, giving, kind, warm, wonderful soul. That doesn't even like scratch the surface on all of his wonderfulness because he's also an incredibly talented actor, producer, writer. Um, and his life has didn't start out all roses and puppies and sunshine. And he's so gracious and so humble and so warm and wonderful and generous and real and the kind of person who extends a hand, a helping hand to, to all others because he doesn't want anyone to feel bad. And he's so grateful to be here on this earth, which he says in this interview. And it's crazy to me that he's grateful that he's still here because I am forever grateful that he's here. Merry Christmas to everyone out there who celebrates Christmas. Happy holidays um, to everyone else. Um, you will find such great insight and wonderful messaging about moving forward and about, you know, extending kindness to others in the pages of this book. And it's funny, too, because he's funny. Being Henry, the Fonz and Beyond, what a wonderful conversation this was. Um, maybe the best conversation I've ever had in all of my life. And I hope you enjoy it. Okay. I just have to open this interview with something personal, something I kind of have to pinch myself about being reality in my life. I'm going to see if I can do this without crying. Um, people say that you are one of the nicest people in Hollywood. And I know that is absolutely true, even though I'm not in Hollywood. But I also believe that you're one of the nicest human beings on the planet. Oh. And I can speak to that personally. Okay, try not to cry. Because... When my little family was really struggling, really, really struggling, you came in, this light, this ray of light into my life, my kids' lives, out of nowhere, and you helped us heal. You, 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 you started a journey for us towards healing, and you didn't have to do that. So I just wanted to put that out there, not cry. I almost, I'm about to cry. Um, and thank you for that. Henry Winkler, <laughs> um, my guest today on the Are You Effing Kidding Me podcast. Um, you truly are an incredible human being, and I'm eternally grateful for you. Well, first of all, thank you. Second of all, it is a pleasure to be here. Third of all, it is amazing how we got here because we don't know each other. We met when Twitter was so much fun. Mm-hmm. And I got to talk to your kids, 
who are just bubbles of warmth. And uh, and here we are uh, chatting on your podcast. You are a um, such a vital and uh, inventive human being. You keep moving forward. It, it seems to me from when we met to now. Well, thank you for saying that. And, you know, that's interesting that you said that because I, I've just read your book, which is incredible, by the way, Being Henry, um, The Bonds and Beyond. And what you just said is one of the things that resonated the most with me that's in your book. And it's about this idea of moving forward all the time. And I wanted to talk about that because there's so many themes in this book that I was so surprised by. They hit me really hard. And one of those uh, is is about, you know, overcoming adversity and something I, I just think is, is essential to who you are that I, I never knew um, well, is all it, over the book. You know what? It was, it was a necessity. Um, I had a dream. And I wasn't going to stop until I got to live the dream. And I think that everybody has that ability in them. They just have to be a bendable buddy. Mm. You have to look at what's coming and adapt and change. I wanted to be an actor. I was an actor. And then all of a sudden I couldn't be an actor because people said, oh, he was so great, so funny, but he was the Fonz. Mm -hmm. And so my career as an actor just stopped dead. So I'm sitting at my desk at Paramount Studios thinking, I'm over. What am I going to do now? And then out of necessity, I became a producer. Didn't think I could do it. So the lesson is you don't know what you can achieve until you just try. I mean, I think that that is, it's one of those things people use, people say all the time, oh, you know, any, anything you put your mind to, you can do it. And it used to seem to me like that was a lie. I was like, yeah, sure. That's, that's great. I mean, that's a great sentiment. It's not true, but you can't, I've learned in the last few years, you really can bend your mind. You really can will yes. things. You can put that energy out there. And when you do that, it comes back to you. I really believe yes. that now. And you yes. are a testament to that. But I, uh, you know, you, you said before that uh, I was a nice guy. And what I, what I have come to realize is that I'm not so much nice as I am grateful. Mm. I'm just, I'm grateful to be on this earth. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful for the wonder that has become my life, which I couldn't see in increments. I could only see now looking back mm -hmm. and go, oh, I got to live that. I get to live that. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. 
Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. In the book, to, to this idea of overcoming adversity, something that I, I'm not going to spoil all the surprises or the, you know, the, the things in the book that people might not know, but your, your childhood was definitely not easy. I was not, I was not expecting um, some of the things you revealed. By the way, I also listened to the audiobook while reading um, because that's what I do, because I, I struggle also with a little bit of attention deficit. Um, and I highly recommend other people listen to the audio version because you have to hear Henry's accents and his parents' accents really like just it's magical. I listened with the uh, with Abby and, and actually with Leo and uh, you know, but but going back to this idea of adversity from a young age, you were struggling first of all because you didn't know yet that you had dyslexia. You wouldn't know yeah. until you were like thirty one, yeah. and your parents came from essentially escaping the Holocaust, right? Mm. So, and they weren't the easiest, warmest, and most encouraging people. You know, you know, listen. I understand that they came from another country. I understand that they learned another language. I understand that my dad started a business in a new country, that I had a pretty good life. Here's what I cannot abide. When you have a child, they are full-blown and they are not an extension of us. They are, we bring them into the world and to see who they will be. And embedded in them is who they will be if we just guide them a little. My parents were completely convinced that I was supposed to make them look good. If I didn't do well in school, I embarrassed them. I wasn't going to do well in school. I My brain was wired differently. So I promised that I would have been that I would be to my wife, Stacy. I promised I would be a, a completely different parent. I would listen because I believe a herd child is a powerful child. Mm-hmm. And you came out you came out of what the the way I thought of it at reading the book was it was so cold. It felt your home, you would describe it coming home and it just felt gray. Everything was heavy, heavy furniture. It was just, it was how yeah, you, you came. You, you didn't move a chair to have a conversation. You didn't say, hey, let me just pull this up close to you. You sat in that chair and that chair was not moving ever again. <laughs> right. And you described the shoes too. It's like these are sh- shoes that are just built differently. They're like you know, it's like, but it's not. There's no softness. There's no nuance. There was no. It felt like there was no joy. It was very cold. And so, how did you, Henry Winkler? How did you come out of that? How did you stay uh, somewhat joyful? How did you bring joy into the world? Well, that first of all, I didn't think of bringing joy into the world. I just thought about, I need to do this. Mm. 
Mm. I need to live my dream. And it worked out where what my imagination uh, was able to come up with connected. You know, there I tell uh, the story of uh, different stories about being the Fonz. Mm. One of them is being so well known, it's hard to leave my apartment. <laughs> so I had all the fan mail delivered to my little apartment in Hollywood. I had a wet bar, a rented Victrola that I, I uh, uh, a, a hi-fi that I listened to Dan Fogelberg <laughs> on, you know, the electric light orchestra, mm. um, a bedroom and a bathroom and a, a did I say sofa? I had a sofa. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I was asked to be the honorary chairman of the special arts festival downtown in L.A. at the Music Center. All of the children with physical and mental challenges who made art, who were dancers and poets and painters, and they were artists. And I was walking through a little girl behind me went, Bonds. <laughs> I turn around and her mother is dissolved. <laughs> I said, I, can, what, can I get you something? Is something wrong? <laughs> she said, you don't understand. My daughter is seven. She just spoke her first word. Oh, my God. Something that I did jumped off the television into this... Uh, Autistic human being and opened her. I now I never met her again. I don't know if there was more language, but I know that I experienced that word. Holy moly! I it was too much for a very short person to uh, hold. I mean, that's incredible. I, I had the privilege of being an aide for autistic preschoolers for six years. So yes. I, I understand a, a little bit about how that can happen, how that seven-year-old would have seen you on the TV and something about you would have uh, st stuck in her mind and been yeah. this this thing that motivated her to use her first word. It's incredible, but it's, it really does. It speaks to the power of the way that you connect with human beings and the way the Fonz connected with human beings, because that was not the design of the show. It wasn't supposed to be like, you weren't supposed to be this big component of the show, but you, you created this character and he was so real, but so like intricate and such a reflection of you, but different at the same time. And I love how you describe how you just like kind of went in for the audition and you threw up the script at the end and you just, you just channeled this person and you were always true to him. But the Fonz, the thing that was so great about the Fonz, he felt magical. He felt like he was, he had magic, but also he was so humble and real. And he was Fonzarelli. He, he wasn't always. His friends. Right. He, as so tough loyal. as he was, he was loyal to his friends. And Mrs. C was his missing mother. Right. You know, who later on, like uh, many, many seasons later, we met my mom somewhere. I have forgotten because all I can think about is Marion Ross, mm. who just turned 94 wow. and is one of the great women of the 21st century. Yeah. Yeah. She's became everybody's mom. Everybody's yeah. mom. Richie you know, was everybody's brother. You know what is interesting? 
the urban family, those children were scared to have Mrs. C as their mom because they didn't know whether they would be able to negotiate the tough neighborhood. Mm -hmm. The suburban family, those children only wanted her as yeah. a mom. It, it, the the uh, the the duality was amazing in the research. That is something I would never have considered. It I didn't even think about res the research that would have gone into creating her her character or her impact on society. It is really interesting because I was a latchkey kid, and so that mom was not waiting Where did for you me. Grow up? Uh, in Morris County, New Jersey, Whippany, New Jersey. Wow, Whippany! I know Whippany. You do? I do. You're kidding. No, I, I believe that I went to a an incredible Italian restaurant in Whippany oh, in a strip mall when I was doing a Comic-Con down the road. Well, that could have been in Parsippany called Echo La or Echo Key, but it's in a strip I mall. I think but, you're right. Yeah, it's great. I've been there a bunch of times. It's great. Yeah, that's in Parsippany. It's just on the border there, Whippany, Parsippany. That's so funny. It's such a small world. But yeah, so my sister and I were talking the other day because I was down in D.C. with the kids recently and met up with my my sec I have three sisters, but she's the second and closest to me in age. And uh, she and I were talking about being latchkey kids and not having that experience of of what the you know Marion brought to the screen in Happy Days. And I think it's part of the reason for myself anyway. I can only speak for myself. Part of the reason I was so I was fixated on her because yeah. she, she was she was that mom that I wanted. I wanted to come home to someone who had, you know, a cookie for me or wanted to talk to me was or was going to talk to, you know, my dad behind a door that I never understood how you guys couldn't hear conversations when the door would close. It was like, how can they not hear them? They're just on the other. But it was magical. It would be this sound barrier. But yeah, but everybody on that show, you all brought something to the table that like just resonated with with me personally. I mean, it was in syndication when I was young and I think I watched it every day. I think it was on five days a week at a certain yes, point. It was. They yeah, eventually and, um, started to rerun it at 11 in the morning. Oh, my God. You know? Yeah. Uh, which was, like, um, revolutionary, because usually the reruns were always held for the summer. Oh. But it was so popular that they thought, hell with it. We're going we're gonna to run it um, uh, as soon as we can. I mean, so popular that... If you start singing the song, a lot of people, most people my age know all the words. Yeah. Like it's, it was so popular. It, it became something that, you know, that I used to worry our kids weren't going to have anything that kind of like they all shared, but in popular culture, but then COVID came along. And so that changed all of that. But I was, we had all these TV shows. We didn't have a ton of content, but we had some and Happy Days was one of those. Yeah. Um, the thing back to the fonts too, and that's a theme in the book for me as well, is this idea of humility because it's very it's 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 also interwoven throughout the book. You have so much humility and the fonts for all of his like a cool he he also was a really humble guy in a lot of ways. Well, you know what is what is interesting about that is there must be an emotional component to dyslexia because my self-image was down around my ankles. Yeah. So when people were talking to me about the giganticness of the effect of the fonds, I kept looking over my shoulder okay. to see who they were talking about because I was just playing this guy I wanted to be mm. that I never was. Right. And then I thought, you know, 
power really is a mirage. Hmm. It's like a lake in the distance. And if you attempt to drink from that lake, it will eventually evaporate. Hmm. You have to let other people think you are who they think you are, hmm. and you just go about your life and don't absorb any of that uh, that is attributed to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have 20,000 girls <laughs> screaming outside of a Texas theater. You parted them like the Red Sea. Oh, and that you was t- amazing. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so we're we're at the uh, the flagship store of Neiman Marcus in Dallas. The four of us, uh, Ron Howard, uh, Don Most, Anson Williams, and me, are making a personal appearance. We They traveled us every few weeks on the weekend uh, in order to promote the show because it was brand new at that time. Mm. So we have a limousine, but the limousine is on the other side of a sea of 20,000, 25,000 people. And Don Most would get very, very nervous. How are we going to do this? How are we going to get out of here? What happens if they come? What happens if they want to touch us? What happens if they want to take our clothing? Oh, my God. Okay. So I said, Don, I promise you I will take care of this. I don't know why I was never afraid. Mm. I always just assumed every one of those 25,000 people were loving Mm-hmm. To us. So I never wanted to use the Fonz off the show because then I would be typecast. Right. So I said, okay. And I used the Fonz for the first time. And mm-hmm. I just went, all right, listen up. You're going to part like the Red Sea. <laughs> you're going to, and you're not going to touch us. <laughs> and I watch these people just go and I went all right guys let's go (laughs) and we started walking and somebody I I can't actually say what I said but some you can say it on here it's okay (laughs) some some person said oh he's so short I went hey fuck you I'm not (laughs) short and somebody else went hey he is so cool (laughs) and we just walked got in that car and drove away it was it was i mean it, it to think of that way that i had the nerve yeah it was so incredibly fun those days carmax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
in the book, it's a story you tell about when you got to L.A. First of all, it's like one of my favorite parts of the book. But when you got to L.A., the whole thing with the phone and the office, the sleeping at your friend's house and everything. Uh, um, but you talk about when you got your big break on the Mary Tyler Moore show yeah. and you you had this amazing like read through with this cast. But by the way, the cast is one of the most legendary casts ever. Like Betty. friends of that time. Yeah. And I could spend an hour just talking to you about Betty White. But you, it went great. It was incredible. You break for lunch. And all of a sudden, you're standing around by yourself. You don't know where to go. Not like they abandoned you. They all just did what they do. And you right. didn't know what to do, where to go. And you say right. in the book that you said to yourself in that moment, you would never do that to anyone, any actor you ever would. You wouldn't do that. I would never let another actor feel that way on a set I was on. And so... When we broke for lunch, I would go to the guest cast. I would say, so this is what we do. Wow. The commissary is there. You can bring your own. <laughs> uh, we go to our dressing rooms, but uh, you want to go to lunch? I'm going. You want to come with? I, the But the feeling, what I understand now in 2023, that feeling in, in, in uh, 1970. 473 was inside me. Mm. They weren't doing anything. Yeah. They were just going to have their meetings, call their agent, uh, put their feet up, have a, a sandwich. <laughs> and I, my um uh my deficit was I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. I'm uh I'm 23 years old, 24 years old, 25. I can figure it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I have a mouse. I have two legs. <laughs> Everything works. Yeah. But I felt horrible. Hmm. I mean, even in the even at the peak of your fame, you talk about being like a child inside in many ways. Even when you were one of the most famous people in the country, yeah. There's a that's it that that what what you felt that day is is a childlike response, and I don't mean that as a criticism. It's just no. But you're yeah. absolutely right, Joanne. Yeah. You're, completely correct yeah and and i understand it and and it's it's fascinating to me that you're able to to look back on all of this this journey this process you know from from your childhood from dealing with all of the insecurities and and the, you know the self-doubt and overcoming in amazing ways not being able to read a lot of the things right. that were put before you and just right. figuring it out or using your charm. You know what? There is more than one way to get to the end result. And you just have to be inventive and allow your imagination to figure out how to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I couldn't read and I would cover uh, my inability with humor. Mm. But I would also completely mess up the other actors. We were around a table on Monday morning at 10 o'clock reading Happy Days uh, so that the uh, all of the department heads, um, uh, you know, of the crew could hear what they had to build or get for clothing or makeup or food or props. And we were reading and, you know, you have to feed the other actor with the right cue mm -hmm. so they know when to come in. I made it up. I, I couldn't read. So I just I just improvised all the time and they had they were left hanging. 
It's it's one of those things you talked about coming from. This is one of those surprises in the book, by the way. Again, I don't want to spoil everything. So there's a million trillion surprises, and it's incredibly poignant and it's incredibly funny as well. Um, mm-hmm. But <laughs> you know, you you talked about working with um, different casts and and how to do that, and and coming from a classically trained theater background, which right. I never knew, um, and how an improv also also didn't know, but how you how it's different in the way that you interact with your castmates and the TV for you, you were like, okay, this is new for me when you got there. Um, it right. was a very new experience and you had to learn how to interact with the writers, how to interact with the cast. Um, and so that was a process, obviously. So not being but, able you know, to- But Joanne, that's what I learned in drama school. Mm-hmm. I was part of an ensemble. You know, my class, uh, directors and actors and uh, producers and writers, we would form pods and then we would create something. And that was like part of our um, uh, end uh, a project of the end of the year. Mm-hmm. A writer, a producer, a director, some actors would all get together. So I learned how to be a, a member of an ensemble. In Hollywood, a lot of actors are lone wolves or wolves. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they um uh, female wolves. <laughs> they are um they don't think about listening about being together. You know, there was an exercise we did where you put your hand up and my hand and about that distance. And if the actor is generous, you feel coming Mm. out, their energy coming out of their hand. And you can even close your eyes and very slowly move your hands together because they're connected wow. by this energy and it's not woo woo. It really works. Hmm. Some actors, you put your hand up and it's like a blank slate, nothing. And then you realize, Oh, I'm going to have to do the work of both of us. I'm going to have to pretend this actor is giving me what I need in order for me to do my end of it, mm-hmm. and you, you know, then you have to make it all up. But right. sometimes, oh, Ron Howard and I were connected by a thread. He would go where I went, and I would go where he went, and we would just make it up on show night. It was magical. And you feel that you do. I mean, that you. F- you honestly believe as a viewer that you two have a, a real bond, a real friendship. And because you did to this day. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's incredible. And, and, and it's so heartening to know that he coming out of the machine as a child that can, you know, chew people up and spit them out. And so many actors really struggle to, you know, adapt. He did not. That is a great point, Joanne. You know what that is? Parenting. His parents were both actors. They left the farm in Oklahoma, Mm. went to New York, did plays, drove out to California, Mm. had Ron and his brother Clint, uh, both actors. Oh, yeah. But they would never allow bad behavior. Mm. They would never allow, 
you know, you're on television. A lot of people know who you are. You're starting to feel heady, especially that young. Ron was three. Yeah. Music man, I think. Wow. They never, they never allowed him to get a swelled head. So he was this guy at USC, left USC, started Happy Days, played ball, was good at basketball, Mm -hmm. good at baseball. I'm I'm just going to open the door and I'm going to let Maisie in. Okay. Our golden doodle. Oh, hi, Maisie. To come in. (laughs) Ruby usually knocks. Yeah, I totally understand. She has no manners. (laughs) Come on. Oh, hi, Maisie. Come here. Well, actually, Maisie's entrance is a a good opportunity for me to segue because I have a special guest as well. Maisie, hello. Um, We are going to move on to, we're going to talk about your children's book, but I have a special guest with me who is home sick with COVID and she wanted to say hello. We've been, yes, we've been not super healthy as a household. Abby. Hello, my darling. (laughs) How are you? I'm so sorry you're sick. It's okay. So, I've had it for a while because I didn't know I had it. Well, not that long. A couple yeah, days. She had the flu. Yeah, she had the flu. Then she got better. Then she got COVID. So she's getting yeah, hammered. I but but I was like, well, just this so happens. Then she's coming. We talked on the phone, and now I get to see your wonderful <laughs> self. Yeah. 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 Do you want to show him your picture real quick? So, you know, Henry loves your artwork. So Abby, while she was sick, she drew this picture and I thought you would like it. I would love to see it. Can you have to hold it a little I'll closer? I'll hold it closer. Yeah. Oh, wow. Why don't you explain oh, it? wow. Why don't you explain what that is? So basically half of the earth is really healthy and half of the earth isn't in it because it just like shows how we're not treating the earth right and like we need to like recycle more and just be more careful with what we throw away and what we do with stuff and like smoking and vaping can like put chemicals in the air and we don't we really don't want that and then like factories the smoke and weird stuff coming out of factories is just making the earth really unhealthy too oops and then the stuff we put in, like, the waters and also in, like, the oceans and stuff, because um, animals can get caught in the plastic and they can die. But we want the Earth to be smiling and happy, right? Yeah. And the, the, half of the, Earth, the one that the side that's bad is not smiling, the one that is happy is smiling. You know what? I think, first of all, I think you are absolutely correct. Second of all, I am amazed that you are so thoughtful about all of the things that can make the earth ill. And uh, that drawing is is brilliant because I see the smile and I see the frown. Yeah. It's so clear. You did a great job. Thank you. Um, Abby is also going to, if she, she'll indulge us, Leo, because he's at school, because he's okay. 
he wanted to contribute something. Leo's was 14. He's very upset that he's not homesick because all his friends are sick. <laughs> sick. So he's, he kept trying to will himself to be sick. I kept testing him. He's like, just because it's negative, does that mean it's really negative? What if I have it? I'm like, you don't have COVID, you're going to school. So he, I do a random question, rapid fire round at the end of all of my podcasts. So Leo's contribution, he doesn't know yet that Abby actually got to meet you. He's going to probably be a little mad at his sister, but that's okay. He submitted his questions that Abby's going to read them. The random rapid fire questions. Okay. So I'm Abby, will, do you, can you read your brother's handwriting? Um, kind of. Okay, start with the first one. Okay. Here, right you now, use the Abby, you have to use, I know you don't feel well, but you have to either get closer to the microphone yeah. or use your outside voice. Okay. No, okay. she's, this child can yell. Believe <laughs> me, you don't want her using her outside voice. <laughs> okay. All right, Abby, get closer to the microphone. Okay. Do you Good remember babe. signing your first autograph? Say it again. Wait, Say, did you hear me? Yes. Um. Do I remember? I'm trying to remember. Do you know what? I don't because I... I signed so many, but now you know what happens? Now I take selfies. Yeah. Right? So now I, you know, one time I went on a cruise on a ship with my parents and I uh, was on television and people had Instamatic cameras. <laughs> and somebody said to me, hey, Fonz, I want to take a picture with you. Oh, I got no film in the camera. Stay right there. I'm going to go get some film. And I thought to myself, I don't think I'm just going to stand here and wait for him. <laughs> now you can't get away because the camera is in the phone. So, but I don't remember my first autograph. Just know I've signed a lot. <laughs> he even tells a story in the book about someone when he was in the bathroom. Yes. <laughs> Somebody opened the stall and I said, excuse me. <laughs> they said, I'm never going to get this chance again. That's terrifying. <laughs> okay, question two. What is a movie slash TV role most people didn't microphone. know? You oh, wait. What is a movie slash TV role most people didn't know you played? Okay. I don't remember the name of it. I played a children's television morning host. <clears throat> and I had a little froggy as my uh, sidekick. We made it in Montana. And I want to say it might be the second worst movie I ever saw. What's, what's, the, what's first the worst? One, the first one I did with Kiefer Sutherland mm. called Ground Control. Oh, yeah, that's in the book. That was the worst. <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland is great. But yeah. Okay. Last last question. This is gonna be hard for you, I think, because I, I think I might know the answer to this one, but which actor was the most fun to work with? You know why that's hard? because I love my job. So I would have to say my favorite actor is going to be the one I work with next. Aww. But I loved Ron Howard. I loved Bill Hader in a show called Barry that you can't watch yet. Because <laughs> um, it's dark. <laughs> uh, but I, I have been very, very fortunate. Oh, 
uh, on Parks and Rec, I worked with Jenny Slate and um, uh, Mr. Schwartz, who was my son, my son and my daughter. And they were so funny, I couldn't concentrate. <laughs> Robin Williams, who played Mork from Mork, mm. was like, I was in the presence of greatness. <laughs> oh, we have to show you some Robin Williams. Have you probably seen some of his stuff? I have, but that is, we'll have to show you because he oh, gone. But his first breakout role was on Happy Days. Wait, what? Did I know? Yeah. Did he? How, he played Mork. He did? So it yes. was a I thought it was a crossover from Laverne and Shirley for some reason. No, no. Mork was, came down to earth in order to kidnap Richie, and I stopped him. What season was that? Is it toward the end? I don't know. You have to look oh my, at it. I, I had, everybody out there is probably like, come on, how did you not know that? I did not know that. I did not. I don't, don't know that. But it was when he came onto the set with the script. He was very shot. Hello, 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 Papa. Hello. Nice to meet you. <laughs> and then he picked up the script. And I am telling you, it was a, a volcano of imagination erupted on stage 19. And I knew my whole job was to stay out of his way and not laugh. Because he never did anything twice the same. Abby, he's the genie in Aladdin. Which the original the the, the Disney animated one. That's that's what you're talking about. Like yes. the genie, that that energy that, that was all mostly, you know, ad lib just because that's that's the genius that's what of, he did. Yeah. He got his own show, um uh Mork and Mindy. Yep. And our script on Happy Days was 54 pages long. Their script on Mork and Mindy was 33 pages long because it said, Robin will say something here. <laughs> they couldn't even write for him because he just invented every minute he was on this earth. Oh, such a gift. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I think someone could devote like 17 million podcasts to just talking to Henry about all of these amazing people he's gotten to work with because 
um, knowing you and how incredible you are, but you mixing with those people who are s- many of them gone, especially Robin, like that would, I mean, that's a book in itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it, it was really a, a tremendous loss. Yeah. Uh, when uh, when uh, Robin died. And it, it does, it serves a, as a reminder that you just because you think you know what is going on with a person because of the outside appearance, you don't major, mean- major lesson that you are so right, Joanne. Yeah. And I think a lot of the times a lot of people make that mistake with others, but also, you know, in assuming that the Fonz is like always like a hey, cool, like that, that it's also Henry, but it's, you know, so much of that. Really it's just my imagination. Yeah. And a journey yeah. for you, I, I guess, you know, your own sense of self and your own identity and getting to know why you've done the things you've done the way you've done them. But it's you so many lessons to teach. And you know what, Joanne, I want to tell you something. That is a lovely thing to say, because I'll tell you why it was frightening, first of all, to to think of doing this book. My son, Max, who is now 40 who just hired me as an actor. Oh, congratulations. He's running a show in New York, and he asked me, his dad, to be in it. Oh. One episode. Oh, but anyway, Max suggested I write this book. Mm. It scared me out of my mind. I knew how to do children's books, but this is a whole other kettle. And all I wanted was to make somebody laugh, And maybe one thing that I learned in my journey, somebody would say, oh, you know what? That resonates. I I can use that. If that happened uh, um, uh, and somebody said that to me, that would be my heaven on earth. There's a million opportunities in the book for that to happen. One of them for me personally, because there's a hundred, I'd be a million. But you say, I got bored of telling myself, no, you can't do this thing. And I just got up and did it. Because I realized, you know what? Most people don't realize that they are powerful. They don't, they haven't even tasted their power or they're scared of their power. But if they make friends with their power, you you just can't believe what you can achieve thinking, no, I couldn't do that. And all of a sudden, here I am with you ladies. Don't I tell you that all the time? Because the last few years of my life have been completely different. And what I've said to the kids all the time, and I'm very annoying about it, <laughs> is that the lesson here is that if you really believe you can do something and you put all of your mind and effort and energy into doing it, you yes. can make it come to fruition. You and I, I say, I'm very annoying about it. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you're very right. You know, uh, in that fan mail that I talked about, all those boxes that were delivered to my apartment in the beginning, I got a metal cutting. And it said, if you will it, it is not a dream. Mm. If you will it without doubt, you can actually make it happen. I believe that. I really do believe that. And and it it also it brings you joy and it brings you validation and, and it yes. legitimizes you. And yeah, yes. I fully believe that. Isn't that it's, it, like I said, there's so many lessons just in in you in you as a human being, but you're, you're happy sharing them and passing them on and that wisdom that you're imparting on others. And you, and it's just so generous of spirit 
and I thank you for it. You do it with this book being Henry, but you also do it with your children's books, some of which were inspired by your own struggles with dys dyslexia, which is incredibly paying it for, beautiful of you to do. Um, and now we've got a new book, right? a new children's book, um, Detective Duck and the Detective Big Splash. <laughs> the, she is the only duck who has a beaver for a dad. Oh, wow. <laughs> and she is a, an environmentalist. So if something happens to her pond, she uses her detective skills to make her pond better. <laughs> now, that is just like the abster. Yeah, we love it. We love it. You've written how many dozens and dozens of children's books, right? With Lynn Oliver, I have written 40 children's books. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that, again, speaks to the generosity of your spirit. And um, what? Yeah, but you know what, Joanne? That was a time filler that I couldn't get hired as an actor. I went to a friend. I said, I need help. I can't get hired. He said, write books for children about your learning challenges. That's where Hank Zipser came from. Hmm. And now and that and there is the lesson. You don't know what you can do until you do it. All of a sudden, it's another profession. Mm hmm. It went when, from time filler yeah. to 40, 40 books. <laughs> books that that help kids who books that help kids not struggle the way you had to struggle. It, it, you know, they don't have to feel stupid because right. there's something different in their brains. You know, I mean, that's doesn't feel like filler to me. It feels like pretty fulfilling to me. So you know what, though? that's a lovely thing to say. Thank you. But I will say what you just said is so true. Just because you learn differently, it has nothing to do with how brilliant you are. 100 percent the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well, I'm going to cry now. Um, I grew up absolutely loving you. I told you that already. I, I was going to ask you about the, the dance, the Cossack dance, because I, I always wondered if that was real or if that was some kind of weird, like early CGI. <laughs> when I was in the sixth grade, my parents took me to Madison Square Garden in New York, and I saw the Musayev folk ballet where they do the Kazatsky, and they fly, these men and women do things and I, I couldn't breathe. I was so inspired. And I taught myself a bastardized version of the Kazatsky in my room. And there it was on Happy Days. Who knew that that would come back to be one of the most... You never I know. Right. I mean, it's that's my one of my favorite episodes of all time. But um, yeah. And also the, jumping the shark has become just a part of like a lexicon of like that's jumping the shark is a, is a reference to the show that we talk. We use that in reference to all sorts of things now. So you're forever baked into like the language that we use. And let me just say, I am very proud. I am the only actor on the earth who has jumped the shark twice. Once on Happy Days, and then they had me do it on Arrested Development. <laughs> I didn't know that. I'm one of the four people on the planet who didn't watch Arrested Development, and now I'm so shamed that I to admit that that I'm like I can't watch it now. I did you not. You can. Know. You I, can yeah. watch it now. No, I need to. I need to. It's it one of those make things. You laugh. I I know. I love everyone on that cast too. It's like one of these things. I was like, oh, I felt I wasn't cool enough to watch it at the time, and now I'm like, okay, I'm not, I I can't admit this in public. I just admit well, it. Well, Joanne, can I just say? You are absolutely cool now. 
Oh, well, did you hear that? <laughs> and said, I'm cool. Like, I'm pretty much, I can die happy now. <laughs> well, that is a really great note to let you go on because you have been incredibly generous with your time. I, we, I could, we're pretty grateful, right? I mean, I'm so, I'm not happy she's here, that she's sick, but I'm glad that she got to experience this opportunity to say hello well, to you. You know what? That makes two of us. <laughs> I'm so happy you're here, Abs. <laughs> And well, again, the book is being Henry the Fonz and beyond the children's book is Detective Duck and the Big Splash, I think it is. is the, that's right. Yeah. And there's uh, lots of other children's books. There's also Barry, of course, that's your Emmy, I'm assuming back there. Congratulations. Yes. I have no shame. I carry <laughs> it everywhere. I tried to make it into a necklace and it was just <laughs> too heavy. I was like this all the time. <laughs> Again, that speaks to you never know. You went 40 years, you said, in this with your butt. You're sitting in the seat, not 40 years of it, but you, you were up for Emmys, didn't get them. And then all of a sudden, later in your life, there it is. And, yeah. like, and I had yeah. a great life until I got it, I got to tell you. Yeah. And uh, we are all the better for all of it, for your journey, for your voice, for your spirit, for your soul, for your beauty and your generosity of spirit. I mean, it is just, you are a gift to the universe. And I think everyone, no matter what their political stripe would say the same. Well, if they don't, know, I'll kick uh, their asses. Before, <laughs> before we started, before we recorded, you, you know, mom and I met on Twitter when Twitter was so much fun. Yeah. Here we are, never having met. All of a sudden, we're on your mom's podcast. Your mom is great at this. <laughs> it, the the conversation flowed like a river. Oh. And I have to say, I am so happy we had this time together. Have the best holiday possible. <laughs> Thank you. And for thank you for that. I'm probably going to need to like make a small recording of that and then carry it around with me just to hit that button all the time. <laughs> you, do that. you do that because you are wonderful, Joanne. Oh, well, wow. Okay. And I'm going to be walking around fierce. here. You are. You do not hold back when you write a tweet. It <laughs> jumps off the screen and smacks people like a, <laughs> like a noodle. I think I think that was that's I think I had I think that's I have a lot to say too I have a lot to you say do, and I, you do yeah <laughs> and I have a little bit of Fonz in me for sure um so thank you thank you thank you thank you happy holidays to you big hugs to your family your beautiful giant family um and Maisie thank you for appearing on my podcast um okay everybody else happy holidays and happy um, holidays. we'll see you next time Thanks, Bye, everybody. Are You Effing Kidding Me? is a production of the Political Voices Network. Please visit us at politicalvoicesnetwork.com. Mm-hmm.